the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. The time is 6.07 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We've got, let's see, one line open, one 367 329 We've been kind of just talking about, I guess, maybe the political implications of the coronavirus. And for those of you who may have a little bit more of a healthy suspicion of our government in terms of its uh, its 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 uh, intrinsic <laughs> genetic makeup uh, to to take on more power, more authority, and more rule, more influence over the citizenry. Whenever we enter into a crisis mode, uh, then then that's exactly what it will do. And I I think that that's absolutely true on so many different levels. We need to be prudent. We need to be watchful. We do need to be grounded biblically, but we need to be prudent and watchful when that when it comes to that. Let me go to the phone line so we can clear some out. Let's go to line number two, talk with Mark in San Jose. Line number two, Mark, are you there? Line number two, Mark, are you there? If you are not there, are we are we there? Oh, we're going to, okay, we're, oh, I'm sorry. All right, well, so we lost that one. Rachel, are you there on line number two? Okay, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, how are you, sweetheart? Doing good. How are you? Great. This sounds like the first time you've ever called this program. I'm, I'm sorry. I have a baby. Say that one more that's, time. That's that's my baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Say hi, Papa. Hi, Papa. Okay. Hi, sweetheart. <laughs> what's going? And so, what, what? 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 What's the pleasure of receiving your call? What? Do, what do you want? What? What? What stirred your thoughts about our topic today? Well, I mean, this is this is. This needs to be a conversation. So I was like, well, let me just say what I'm experiencing. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that um, when someone brings up the fact that people are asleep and we don't right. really have our hands tied behind our back, there is some truth to that because when you're thrown off guard, right, you have to sit back and take it in and decide how you're going to act, right? True. And it's a silent war with a virus and this threat of, oh, this is going to attack your immune system and Da, 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 da. And it's true. I mean, for some people, it's a very real threat. I think for every single person in some way, it's a threat. Right. Um, so when I go to the grocery store, I have to be concerned now. Like, whereas if I didn't know, I might actually not be as stressed out. Um, Absolutely. I just think that there's a level of fear that's being placed on something that makes it so much more easy for people to stop and not act. Mm-hmm. However... There is something that I noticed when you go to Bill Gates' um, Instagram page, there are like thousands of comments of people who are not okay with a mandated mandated vaccine. Um, I just found it really remarkable how many people are rising up saying this is not okay. Probably probably the same people that were not okay with SB76, the mandate in California that every child has to get vaccinated just to go to public school. I do not agree with that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's taking away our liberties. It's taking our, away our ability to say yes or no. Um, so I just think that there's a level, there is a community of people that are saying something. I just wonder how much we'll be able to go with that, with so many people in power. And I wanted to know what your thoughts were on Bill Gates and him being the second most rich person in the probably the world and how come he's getting so much media with his, and even though he's not a doctor, but he's... Well, that's, well, well he's taken... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Gates has taken a position of being probably the world's uh, number one altruistic uh, supporter and donor of health in terms of taking his billions of dollars and probably now, you know, close to trillions uh, and and using them towards so-called health ministries around the world, taking care of kids. Uh, and, and big on vaccines, big on, on, on the vaccination of society, as you had already uh, noted. And I saw this several years back that he had turned his attention towards po- poverty. And yet, um, you know, Rachel, uh, that being, um, being uh, you know, kind of under the gospel and aware that what wealthy people have a tendency to do. And this is to the point that Thomas is making as well. And then we got another person on the line, Venus, who also actually wants to talk about this vaccine thing too. So this resonates, but this has been resonating with us as like homeschool families and Christian families for decades around the government suggesting, but now doing more than suggesting. They are now imposing vaccines upon the children uh, who would want to go to public schools. And of course, you know, we fought against that for years in the context of uh, homeschooling and then private schooling and uh, and for the most part refute it and oppose it. But this will be one of those things where the tides will turn. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident of this with, with, um, with a pandemic like we have. What this is going to do, it's going to actually sway the majority of American people to buy into vaccines. It's just going to sway them based upon the political uh, framework and the, uh, the, the universal uh, awareness of what has occurred with this, and particularly if we still go through another wave or two of it of it killing people, our media has the ability to create that kind of instability, as you had already stated earlier. You watch enough television and you will be uprooted from any kind of real rational uh, objective thinking so as to be able to make an informed decision about how you want to respond to the advice that you're that you're hearing. But I got a feeling and I, I wrote this in my notes about the vaccine because this is something that I, I know is going to turn a corner and become much more mandated by every state. California is an absolutely liberal state. And because of it, we have no confidence in our uh, our, our government, Sacramento as well as local uh, governance, to give us the option without us fighting against these vaccines in order for us to have the freedom of choice. But not only the freedom of choice, which, you know, we we want that freedom of choice, but we want to be able to debate these issues front and center in the media, which have never, ever been done. Like, you know, Rachel, because, you know, I know you, my daughter, you you have been aware of people who have given absolutely excellent arguments against 
the vast majority of the vaccines that are suggested to be employed um, in, in, uh, in, in the lives of children from, from the womb all the way up to almost adulthood. I mean, there are, you know, some 15, 20 vaccines and plus probably more by now that they want to give to our kids all the way up until adulthood that are going to set them up for, for legitimate sicknesses in their older age, which then for us, it's called now it's called health management. You, you create a scenario where you, you know, you are calling yourself solving problems, but really what you're doing is creating problems, anticipating those problems, and then, you know, managing those problems from the womb to the tomb. We see that this is something that is economically uh, advantageous. It's viable. Uh, we do not trust the government to have a biblical worldview. We don't trust the uh, we don't trust the free market. Bill Gates is part of the free market and government to have a biblical worldview where where they love human beings enough to not only help them health wise, but also to give them freedom. So, yes, this is a problem that's going to be uh, hitting us front and center in a few months. Most definitely. And I've already had many, many calls and many, many emails about the very thing that you're talking about. What about the vaccines? What about the vaccines? What about the vaccines? And, you know, it died down a few years ago. It's coming right back. We're going to have to deal with it again. And, and the best way I can put it to everybody out there listening is that we want to be as broadly informed of all of the data, both pro and con, so that we can make the best decision for our families and then also make the best decision as believers so that we are not coming off uh, paranoid, but informed and rooted and grounded in our biblical rights, in our uh, constitutional rights, so that we are not enslaved by an agenda on the part of the government because it's it's, it's ultimate goal is control. It's ultimate goal is control. So yeah, I, you know we gotta we gotta watch for how this plays itself out. Listen, thanks for the call. Say hello to all of my lovely uh, grandkids there, and uh, I'm gonna take a break. And then when I come back, I'll talk to Jesse and Venus around the same topic. Quite frankly. Um, a good way to go. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. That is Rachel's a conscientious mother who wants to make sure that you know we are going to sleep and letting the government just do what it wants to do. That's what Thomas was saying, by the way. This is what Thomas was saying. So we're having the conversation, and we'll keep having it. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. This is Money Edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. The time is 6.22 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We've got a half an hour to continue our conversation around the topic of the implications of the coronavirus and, uh, and its uh, extenuating fallout economically and socially worldwide and even medically because, in fact, of matter, um, uh, this whole issue of vaccines is extremely important for us to be able to have a discussion about. I want to go to line number four and talk with Venus from Hayward. Venus, are you there? Hi, Pastor Jesse. I'm here. How are you? Oh, just, you know, day by day, trust in God. That's all we can do. 
Amen. And take a stand. You know, I, I believe everything you said. I really agree with everything you said um, as far as government, as far as, you know, the plan, the ultimate plan to have everyone vaccinated. And, you know, I believe it's been planned a long time ago. This didn't come, appear, this coronavirus. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just amazing how some, you know people can just come in and invade your life, invade your world. And like your daughter was saying, you know, we have to take a stand. We have to speak up. We have to come together. I agree, and I think I'm sorry. Let me see here. Okay, that that's probably on my end. I I think that I, I'm pretty sure that will happen. The issue of vaccines. Well, let me see. Let me put it like this: We have to stand up. We have to take a stand. I think that is going to be the issue once it comes front and center. Um, and and for me, what I'm praying for Venus, as I said to Rachel. I'm actually praying for, um, I'm, you know what I'm praying for? I'm praying for a candid discussion with professionals who know the real pros and cons of this whole vaccine system so that the debates can be made publicly and the people can be informed. Because a lot of the policies that actually get employed in a uh, surreptitious way, in a subversive way, are policies that bypass the American people's information base and and then get implemented as a law before it even gets discussed extensively in the context of debate by professionals. And so for me, the issue of vaccines, because here's what I'm not saying. So I just want to put this out as a caveat. I'm not saying that some vaccines aren't good and necessary. They are. What I am absolutely against is every kind of assertion that vaccines are necessary to employ absolutely across the board and ultimately have proven that they haven't had any significant impact. We already know better than that. We absolutely know how how uh, destructive vaccines can be when they're employed the wrong way at the wrong time to the wrong people and then for the wrong purposes. So yes, I'm concerned extensively and looking forward to the debate becoming front and center in our world. And in the meanwhile, you know, like you said, do what you can do. Uh, Rachel said there are just tons of people uh, at at, uh, Bill Gates' Facebook site, I guess, and just letting him know, hey, they disagree. Good job. That's what we have to do in a free society while we still have freedom. Right. I mean, you know, I work, you know, with special education kids and watch autistic children, and a lot of the parents said once they got the uh, the measles, the rubella, it's like three shots or six shots in one. That's when they noted the difference. But yet, yep. you have people out there who are debating that, you know, it's caused by getting their vaccine, the you know autistic, um, you know, disability. So, you know, it's isn't like, that parents, and that's and I'm sorry, go ahead. On. No, 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 I was going to say, there's a movie out called Vax, and I said, get some of those parents who experience this, bring them to the forefront to show what the vaccines have done to their families and their kids. Some even die. It would be, it, it would be thousands of them. It would be thousands yeah. of them who are ready to tell the world, and I agree with you, that, that's what I meant by bring it to the forefront, let the evidence be manifested. Let good men and women who are of the professional ilk 
debate this matter and, and show whether or not these are legitimately viable options for the health of our kids versus um, a, a medical industry that is governed by Wall Street designed to make money by uh, managing illnesses that it actually is producing, uh, you know, incidentally through through vaccines. That's the debate that I want to hear publicly and up front. I don't want to find out about it after that we have laws that end up making it difficult for parents to have children and didn't want to, you know, uh, put their kids in public schools because they can't afford to homeschool or not homeschool as much, but can't afford private school. And in some cases don't have the ability to do the homeschooling at the level of academic excellence that they would want. And so, and even beyond that, what we're, what we're getting is just that what they want to do is vaccine them, whether they go to school or not. That's a problem. That's huge. That's right. That is huge. You know, and I kind of, kind of, uh, equate it with the, um, probate court situation I'm dealing with. We're having to come together in large numbers Same thing. to make a difference. So I was just wondering, have you had the opportunity to speak with, like, say, Bishop Macklin and Pastor Tommy and Pastor Gary and, you know, there's Pastor Napoleon and all these pastors in Alameda County? Because I know everybody doesn't have your viewpoint. You know, everyone wants to keep it just to the spiritual level, you know, and not what we're dealing with with government and politics. I know it's a difficult thing to combine, but you do it very well. And I think if you can get these pastors to come together and listen, Pastor Bob at Axel Gospel, Alan Temple, you know. I, well, I here's what I would say. Here's what I would say about that. That will be hard to do when these matters become truly front and center relative to their impact on our society, uh, percentage-wise. So, like, let's say, for instance, you and I, you know, I, I've talked before, advocated as much as possible around our elderly uh, uh, citizens being abused, and you're right in the middle of that battle, right? Well, um, what, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, you know, and, and we also know too that this is a massive abuse of uh, of our elderly's naivete and resources for again a kind of control and confiscation of wealth. That that is uh, that is constitutionally abhorrent and uh, and just is, uh, is 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 abominable in terms of our our civil rights. That matter too is being fought by a lot of private soldiers like yourself. That's just true across the board. What has to be one has to be one has to be aware of, and I can tell you this is true about pastors. Uh, a, a pastor has a fundamental job on a spiritual level. And they do not have an absolutely necessary mandate to lose that frontline priority to political issues of which if they could simply either advocate or support uh, gifted persons who do take on those tasks to do that, that would be the best thing for pastors. When we when people talk about our influence, our influence stops at the pulpit relative to making sure that the people of God don't get distracted beyond necessity from their primary identity of being witnesses in their in this world to the reality of the person and work of Jesus Christ. It, it, that, that's an absolutely essential mandate. And with all the names you just mentioned from uh, from from. Um, 
from 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 we call him nappy we call him you know p nappy uh napoleon all the way down to to gary uh and and all the pastors in between this is what i know they they are committed to making sure that they take care take care of the welfare of their flock but if providence moves the the pastors as it did in the days of Martin Luther King because Martin Luther King didn't initially want to become part of the civil rights movement I hope you know that he didn't just wake up one day and say you know I think I want to get out on the front line and start creating havoc in the world he had to actually be compelled by the absolute necessity of it before he took on that task because he understood that once you do that, you are in the bullseye scope of the system and you might as well hang up your robe as a pastor. Give that to somebody else because the conflict when you have a head on battle between the, the system of the beast, the political religious system of the beast that compromises to the state as being the authority over our lives. You, you are basically talking about being shredded and destroyed. And they have a lot of ways by which, they could, uh, by which they could accomplish that. So for me, here's what I see, that eventually these matters are going to become front and center because they are going to become uh, political issues that don't allow any of us to kind of just hide in a cubbyhole and not address it. Now, I have the I have the privilege of being able to talk to thousands of people on the money program. And so there you go. I'm kind of uh, in a in a in a uh, in a middle passage with this with this whole thing and ready to talk about it. So I try to get as informed as possible. But I cannot I cannot um, just give myself over to it wholesale. So here's what we pray for. We pray for gifted people, gifted men and women who are rooted in truth who are qualified to deal with these issues, uh, Venus, to take on the, the banner of pursuing equity and justice in these matters. And, um, and then we pray for that, that, that group and that community of people who are engaging in that task to be successful and prosper in that. For now, that is going to be the wisest way we go. You'll probably hear that from the next pastor that's coming up on our, on our call, too. So listen, thanks for the call. Got to take a break. Jesse, you hold on. Kelvin, you hold on. And uh, we'll get a chance to talk about this a little bit more on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline, one 367 one We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. The time is 6.42 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go back to line four briefly and talk with Venus from Hayward. Venus, did you have some closing comments? I did. I just had to respond to that, Pastor Jesse, because I heard you say, you know, uh, the position of pastors, basically. But what I was thinking was, you know, the people are going to come to the pastors looking for answers, like like things that they can take action on, or like, what do I do? What do we do? Um what if martial law comes in, as we know it will, right? And, right. you know, right. it, it becomes a war on the people you know, or on, you know, whatever, black males or you know, certain ethnic, ethnic groups, you know, then they're going to come to the pastors for answers because that's where they go to, you know, pray, to get their, you know, spiritual food on, and they're going to want the pastors to have answers. Right. You know, in regards to these type of government, you know, um, 
policies are to come in and, and intrude upon us. Mm-hmm. I I agree. Is it is that was that it to your your comment? Yeah, I mean that was just it. It was like okay, you know, so so this is how I I see it. Um, I mean it's just how I see it. I, I see that um, the pastors will r- resource themselves with the same type of resource that's available to their people, meaning um, the the congregation, the 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 flock which they under shepherd. They will talk with other pastors who are equipped to deal with this, other uh, parachurch institutions that are equipped to deal with it. Like, you know, we we have several legal institutions that we engage with. What I appreciate and and thank God for with KFAX is that uh, we're large enough as a Christian radio station to be able to facilitate all that if you were to go to the KFAX website, you know, um, just legal institutions that would be immediately employed for that purpose. This is where I was thinking about before you call what in terms of the, the primary thing that we should be standing for as believers is freedom. And these are constitutional rights in order that we might express ourselves as free people with virtue. This is what I taught many years ago. You were there. A lot of people were there. Freedom without virtue is a curse. So we don't want our freedoms taken away because we have not become a virtuous people. A non-virtuous people are slaves, period. So what we want as people of God to be are virtuous enough people who can stand up for freedom, even if it costs our life. So freedom has to be the foundation upon which we take on these battles and institutions that have already been uh, constructed for that very purpose. Christian legal institutions, secular legal institutions for the freedom and rights of the people. Even the NAACP, uh, uh, just many institutions that are right there on the cutting edge of being ready to deal with the uh, overtaking of American citizens in terms of constitutional rights. That's where your pastors who are not equipped to handle this will be. As far as I'm concerned, if I'm still on the front line of radio talk uh, dialogue, I will actually be blowing a trumpet kind of like Paul Revere. In terms of where to go, what resources to get a hold of, what people to talk to in order for that particular divine providential movement to take place. That's how that will work in so far as the way that I see it. So um, I hope that helps. Listen, I got to go. Got to move to our next call. Thanks for the call. Look forward to talking to you a little later. Let's go to line number one and talk with Jesse from Modesto for a moment. Jesse, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Pastor. How are you doing? Good. I've got five minutes with you on a very important topic that I'm hoping that God will bless in our dialogue here. And that is uh, the ministry that has been um, presented on on this Monday edition of Lifeline uh, for for a number of years with, with one of our former brothers who, who actually uh, headed it up. And you do you want to talk about that for a minute so we can kind of get our audience stirred up about that? Sure, absolutely. And so, yeah, the ministry began about two and a half years ago, and it really is the Lord Jesus' ministry. And so we didn't come up with the idea. This is something he spoke from heaven. We weren't sure what what, uh, he was leading to, but this is what it is, and it's a suicide and prevention line. It's a prayer and suicide prevention line. And so, again, it's been operating for two and a half years. Uh, It's open 24 hours a day, 
the phone calls go through a grasshopper system and it bounces from operator to operator. Uh, we do have uh, three lines. And so the main line, uh, which will go take you into a, an operator, is a male operator. Uh, we do right. have an, a woman's extension for uh-huh. uh, people, that, for young ladies especially, they want to speak to another woman. And we do have a Spanish operator that'll take the right. call. And again, uh, uh, the, the, we use a, a small pay-per-click uh, statewide campaign through Google. And some of the words are crisis, prayer, uh, uh, suicide prevention, and those different things. But it's been such a blessing to be involved with this. And again, one of the things that I share with people, when the Lord initially rolled this out, I thought, well, this is this is great. Non-believers going to be calling. They're going to be suicidal. They want to hear about Jesus. They're going to hear the gospel. They're going to believe they're going to be saved, and they're natural likely going to be saved. Sure. But that's not exactly how it turned out. Ninety-five percent mm-hmm. of the people who call are professing Christians. Okay. Which just really shocked us. And right. so again, and the Lord made it clear, tell them what I did for you, give them my word, and pray for them. Right. So that's what we simply do. And so again, we get calls sometimes at two, three in the morning, and they're just in a bad place. And one of the things that is just so very unique to me, this is the pattern that we've seen, is that people, they stop reading the Bible, they stop going to church, they stop praying, they get isolated, the enemy isolates them, then he pounces on them and they become suicidal. Right. But it's just so amazing because he just thought this is his ministry. And so we say, Lord, they're calling your ministry. And he just steps right. right in. And literally right. on the call, you can hear they're being encouraged. They start saying, hey, I'm feeling better already. And it's not because right. we're talking to them, because we're not counselors. We just right. start praying for them, and the Lord Jesus takes over. And it's just the most amazing thing. And just to give you a couple of uh, testimonies, there's been people who have called in the past. They were in crisis. They were suicidal. The Lord uh, had them feeling better, rescued them from that from that pit. Later, there's people who follow up. Their task is just to follow up with them. So the operator sure. will follow up for the next couple of days. Someone sure. else will follow up, and men following up with men, women following up with women. Uh, and then from that, people have actually joined the prayer group. Because right. when a call comes in, a text goes out to over 40 people who immediately begin to pray for that person. Right. It's just the most amazing thing. And even from that group that initially had called, in crisis or suicidal, now there's people who are following up, and one lady has become an operator. Amen. It's just the most amazing thing. Yeah, praise the Lord. And so, so now what I want to what what I, I want to do with you for that because I wish I did have you earlier to expand on it because this really does need to have Jesse. It really does need to have a kind of. Um, back and forth for about a half an hour. What I want to do, because I, I know the time constraints here, uh, What what is the name of the ministry proper? What is the name of it? Okay, it's the Prayer and Suicide Prevention Line. And is that's the name of it? As well. Prayer? Yep. Mm-hmm. Is it Prayer and Suicide Prevention Line? Yes. And what's the website? Uh, org. Is there a number that uh, people could reach the ministry? Absolutely. Uh, it's a very simple number. 866-2-JESUS. Repeat that. 866-2-JESUS. T-O-J-E-S-U-S. 
Okay, so here's what uh, here's what I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm, I got that information, and I'm gonna we're gonna you know we have a prayer service live stream uh, now because of our our um, our situation, and we'll be doing prayer tomorrow at seven thirty. I'm gonna make this one of the topics because what I know is you need people who are willing to be part of the tag team of serving on the suicide prevention uh, team, right? That's correct. That's exactly right. It. That is a that is a critical uh, need that uh, our brother Jesse is calling about. And what I'm going to do is nurture that with the hundreds of people that will be praying with me, several hundreds of people. Uh, last week, we had about 407 people live streaming during that time. And so we're going to pray about this, Jesse, so that we can get um, a, a number of people that are willing to be part of the process. And so what I'm going to do between now and then, I'm going to, I'm going to take it to prayer to our prayer team tomorrow. And I want you to call me back uh, next Monday and let's see what the Lord will have done. And we're going to nurture this for a few weeks, uh, a, a couple, two or three weeks uh, to just see if God would be pleased to help us get teammates. My burden around it has to do with recognizing that right now during this crisis, coronavirus thing, that that level of depression, melancholy, suicidal tendencies um, is something that is going to reach a peak. And, and, and you guys are probably already feeling it and will need support to get through this time. And with people being locked up at home, if you will, this can be a great opportunity for them to be a part of that. So we're going to press into that tomorrow, and then you and I will have a conversation again next Monday on this if you are available, okay? Absolutely, Pastor. We'll do that. All right, bless you, my brother. Thanks. Bless you. God bless let you. Me go to, let me go to line number two so we can start winding our program down with Kelvin from Belmont. Kelvin, are you there? I'm here, Pastor Jesse. How you doing, man? I'm great. What's up, man? Um, just a couple of things. One is is that um, when we start talking about um, people believing that pastors have all of the answers, the Bible talks about that our answers, first of all, come through wise counsel. And right. it's not just our responsibility to seek out the counsel, but it's to sit down and to figure out what's best, as you said, sometimes for the body of Christ. Um, it doesn't mean we have to have all of the answers, but I do think that um, when we come together, we can do more than just trying to figure things out on our own. That's where you start to see, uh, just like over the last couple of months, you have some churches saying that they're going to have church and other churches live streaming just because the the health situation. Right. And, and I don't know if, some of these people are taking any form of counsel. They're just doing it based off how they feel, and then the congregation gets sick. Um, and then people end up dying because we're not listening. Right. And I think that just what you were just talking to the Pastor Jesse um, yeah. about prayer, um, the church really has to get on its knees. We are in desperate times right now. I agree. And we really need an answer from the Lord, and whether it's through just us saying, God, you know what, we we forsaken you. Yep. We have been doing what we're doing for so long, and a scripture that came to mind this morning is where the Bible talks about, if you ask God for a fish, will he give you a scorpion? Well, right. if you've been bit by a scorpion, you need a scorpion so that you can get the venom. Yeah. You don't need yeah. to fish. And I think a lot of times 
the church and, and members have become so so greedy and so focused on material that I believe God is speaking to the church that we need to get back to a root, which is a relationship with God. Everything else is gone right now. Folks don't have yep. no jobs. You, right. you don't have... You can't go to the movies. Nope. So now, nowadays, if you can't if you can't stream to go to church, something is really wrong with your relationship. Yep, there's no doubt about it. I, and I think that what you're talking about needs to be fleshed out in a number of ways. I, I appreciate your heart too, and I can tell you all of my my soldiers that are listening, and I got a number of soldiers, and what I mean by that are just believing men and women who who are part of my my uh, passion for prayer and, and for preaching and for proclamation and for all of the legitimate postures for which the church exists uh, are, are hearing you right now. We, we, we talk about multiple narratives of dialogue. We talk about the narrative of words, but then we also talk about the narrative of passion and narrative of the heart, the narrative of the intent and motive of the heart coming through to multiple narratives. And what you're talking about, Kelvin, is absolutely uh, critical uh, if we had time, and we do have a couple more minutes before the time uh, this program will shut down, I actually talked about it as I'm going through the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, because the Lord l let it be known to me very clearly that this is the book that I need to be uh, speaking through and teaching from as I communicate to our congregation via live stream. Uh, and, and rather than just once a week, I'm on four or five times a week, uh, just nurturing them around the reality of the brokenness of, of the church and the need for us to adhere to the great high priest who walks among the seven golden candlesticks, doing all of the trimming necessary to get us back in the right way. And for what you have just stated is absolutely critical. It's not so much about us having the answers. It's about us knowing the one that has the answers. But it's also about, like you stated, the people of God being on their knees. And I, I, that resonates with me, man. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now because I totally see the impotency. I see the lack of spiritual depth. I see the lack of spiritual passion. I see the lack of spiritual zeal. And uh, my takeaway from what you're saying is this, you know, and I, I'm thankful that I have a little bit of uh, integrity with the with the Bay Area because I've been speaking to them now for, for, for at least 15 years on the radio is that uh, the coronavirus is a, a, is a wake-up call to the church. There's no doubt about it. It has a worldwide implication on a multiple of levels, economic, social, uh, political, governmental, et cetera, et cetera. But for the church, it's one of those wake-up calls, one of those trumpets to expose us to exactly what you're saying, how that God can take away things from us so quickly and expose us to being shallow people when it comes to Cormdale fellowship with God and so let's just pray my brother thank you for the call I can see our time is winding down let's just pray that what will eventually occur because this is not over with this is not even over with at all we're just one month into the uh, shelter for cover uh, and social distancing and all of the different modifications that they've implemented we're just one month in as I'm saying in my revelation series Tuesday nights at 6 30 live stream Wednesday 6 30 Friday 6 30 and then Sunday morning what I'm very plainly saying is that there are trumpets being blown and we definitely need to listen to the trumpet if we are going to sustain this thing in a way that honors God so thank you for your call 
Thank you guys for listening. We'll be looking forward to uh, talking with you tomorrow night. Live stream Grace Bible Church 630. And next Monday, Lord willing, we'll see you then too. Keep your eyes on him. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.